What's going on, guys? It's Joe, the host of the Prospect Podcast, and welcome back to another episode. Today's episode, we're going to be covering the Yankees farm system. Before we get started, though, I just want to thank everyone for the support so far. If it wasn't for you guys, I would not be here today. And also, I just want to thank everyone who does follow us on Instagram. We're almost at 2,000 followers over there. Huge accomplishment. Once we crack 2K, I'll be doing a little bit of a giveaway over there. I was going to originally do 1,500, but I wanted to wait a little bit until we hit it a little higher, uh, which will be 2,000. So if you don't follow us over there yet, on Instagram, we are The Prospect Podcast. So go over on Instagram, give us a follow, and stay up to date on our episodes and also check out some of our prospect content. So today, let's hop into the Yankees farm system. Really interesting system here. I'm excited to talk about it. I know a lot of people are probably excited to hear about it. But currently, the Yankees farm system is ranked 21st in the league. For most sites that I've, that I've researched, I've seen different sites saying, oh, well, this guy had him at 7, at 9, um, this and that. MLB.com's at 21. I think Bleacher Report was at 21. So... What I'm seeing is 21. And, you know, I'll give my final conclusion on the ranking I see them at at the end or, you know, towards the end. And I, in my opinion, it's not 21. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. So obviously a few years back, the Yankees farm system took a little bit of a hit when guys like Torres, Frazier, Andujar graduated to the big league squad. And as most teams do, you build your system, and over the years you develop guys and you prepare them for the major leagues. And then a few years later, the same thing happens. It's just a cycle that teams go through, most teams. But the main point I want to make today about the Yankees is the depth that they have. I mean, it's just insane, um, especially internationally. I mean, I'm going to be going over the top five prospects um, I won't be going too much into like um, guys like the top 30. I won't be doing too much about that. Um, but just internationally, guys, there's only one guy that was drafted um, in their top five. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, probably even in their in their top seven. You know what I mean? A lot of international guys, they spend a lot. I mean, they do a great job with the scouting. Obviously, we've seen that in – Jason Dominguez, they go out and they get their guys that they want. And then, um, you know, it really, what happens is it produces a lot of high ceiling guys um, throughout their system. But really what separates them from the rest of the teams that are ranked in the top five, let's say, for the MLB farm systems, is that, now, don't, don't get me wrong here but is that premium player. Now, we can argue that Dominguez is that guy, but as of right now, how much do we have to go off of besides videos on Twitter of his batting practice and, you know, stuff like that. So, and scouting grades and, you know, just things like that. We haven't actually seen the guy play too much yet. So that's where I'm sitting with that. Don't get me – I mean, I'll go into Dominguez later, but I'll leave it at that for now. I'll keep you guessing my opinion on him. Um, but teams like the Rays with Wander Franco, obviously the number one prospect in baseball, who is further claiming his throne in the Dominican uh, Winter League. I think uh, he's he's 
I posted on Instagram the other day his stats. I think it was about 350, two homers, two RBIs, and tied for first in the league with hits, which was at seven. Um, so he's playing at the top um, with some really good guys that are playing in that league. Um, and then also guys like like the Padres and Mackenzie Gore, arguably the number one pitching prospect. The Orioles have Rutschman, you know, and so on. So over the next year or two, once we can see Dominguez develop, we'll be able to get a better read through. I mean, all the signs are pointing up. I think we'll see the Yankees rise to the top seven farm systems in the league um, over the next couple years here, maybe even next year. I mean, there's a lot of depth on this team, some great arms, some good outfielders, good infielders, good bats. Um, So I'm excited about that. But it's funny to see, to me, how the AL East teams, besides the Red Sox, really, in my opinion, are stacked with prospects. I mean, but comparing the Yankees to the Orioles, which I did a podcast on um, last week or two weeks ago, I would say the Yankees system goes much deeper, um, you know, with a real big emphasis on the international system. It just, that's my opinion. You know, they're scooping a lot of good guys up. Um, So it's just much deeper with much better arms and athleticism in their system. Higher ceiling as well, I should say. They're a higher ceiling. But really quick side note here. Just real quick, I wanted to talk about this. Because currently, you know, I'm learning more and more about scouting players. And, you know, I started reading this book, um, Do You Want to Work in Baseball? I can't remember who it was by. But... I mean, there's really some awesome material. Something that really stuck with me uh, here was the base for scouting, a very simple concept that goes a long way. And I mean, if it does, you know, I'm not a scout. I give my opinion on what I think, but I like to learn more and more. So I'm going to, you know, hand this down a little bit. Very simple concept. Very simple. If you guys haven't read the book, it's a great book, but a very simple concept. So I'm just going to take the quote from the book. So think of choosing a car that goes on long journeys, covering thousands of miles and lasting many years. It must be sturdy, that sustains accidents, and yet continues to move towards the destination. Your car will be required to work hard climbing hills, so it must have the necessary power. This trip uncovers even or covers uneven terrain, so the car will have to steer clear of trouble. So think about that. All these, you know, just a very simple car concept when choosing a car when you're going on a road trip. This describes the type of major league body needed, durable, strong, athletic, a very basic concept, but something that goes a long way. You know what I mean? Who would you choose? And now no hate to Bartolo Colon. I love, you know, he was a great pitcher, a great guy, but, and, you know, athleticism, not necessarily height and weight. You know, we know that. Or, um, but a guy like Bartolo Colon or a guy like DeGrom, you know, and baseball is a game of adjustments, you know, guys like Bartolo Colon, if they can't make the adjustments because of the athleticism, it's something that's holding them back, you know, and guys like DeGrom who can make those adjustments because of their athleticism, that's what separates the two pitchers among the league. And obviously that's one spectrum to the other. We got to. The average, we're looking for the average here and then being able to compare these guys um, to figure out kind of where they, their future will be in the MLB. You know, just a very, very simple concept. 
on the base of scouting players. But, I mean, think about it. Injury-prone guys will take the hit, and rightfully so, because of the risk the club is taking. And actually, in this episode, I'm going to be going over a risk the uh, Yankees took on their number two prospect right now. But, um, you know, aside from that, I just wanted to show that quote real quick. Thought it was really cool. I'll probably be throwing in a couple more uh, per episode just to just to talk about it, to give a little bit more of an insight on what I'm learning as well. So as of right now, though, let's hop into the top five prospects on my list as of right now. Coming in at number five, five, Luis Gill. I think it's Gill. I'm I'm gonna play. I'm saying Gill. I heard Gill uh, in episode in uh, videos. I've heard other stuff, so I'm going with Gill. Gill was signed by Minnesota in 2015, and the Yankees acquired him via trade for Jake Cave. So through 62 total games and 207 innings pitch, Gill has a 2.72 ERA, a 1.32 WHIP, holding his opponents to a 200 average with 264 strikeouts and 162 walks. So Gill's fastball reaching mid to upper 90s consistently and hitting triple digits. To add to that, he has a plus curveball that complements his fastball very well, giving him that one-two punch that we're looking for. So Gill has major upside and upside that could top many prospects in the system. Um, obviously, he does to me. That's why I have him at number five. But with that being said, there are many outcomes, many, many outcomes that Gill could have here. Um, control issues. It's just, it's not crazy. You know what I mean? Um, he just needs to make the adjustments and rely on his athleticism to help him make those adjustments and fix his control issues. And then I think that we'll be able to see the true player in him. So the development of his changeup is a huge factor here that will really separate him from being number two and number three starter or even a reliever. Some guys think that he could be a reliever. But Gill's fastball does show riding action, and it's absolutely nasty up in the zone. I mean, I posted a, a video on my story today on Instagram about Gill's highlights, and the high fastball was getting guys left and right. Great, great, great stuff, and uh, a very good curveball as well. And then once he can get that, that change up going, I mean, he's going to be lights out. He's already doing pretty well, but he's going to be even better. His fastball is great. I can't get over the way he throws his fastball. I love his uh, his delivery, everything about him. Still got some work to do, though. That's why I got him coming in at number five. Um, but as long as he can get his control down, um, you know, I definitely see him being a number two starter in the future. And it looks like he'll be getting the call up in about 2022. So coming in at number four, we have Oswald Peraza. An aggressive shortstop that was signed in July of 2016. The 20-year-old Venezuelan shortstop generates some of the highest exit velocities in the Yankee system. But he's not the biggest of guys, so he needs to develop a little more size to be able to produce those, you know, 15, 20 homer seasons. 20 on a very high end here. I could see him if he gets his size. Um, I think we're looking about 10 to 15 homers a year and obviously home runs aren't everything but we're looking for him to get a little bit more size here 
but in 2019, Peraza was promoted to full season A and through 148 at-bats, he hit 273 average, 348 on-base percentage, and a 333 slugging percentage. And really, he's been pretty consistent with his numbers throughout his career so far that started in 2017. And actually, 2019 was his second best year besides when he was in the the, uh, Yankees Dominican Summer League for 10 games. And that's a pretty small sample size there. But, you know, 2019 was a great year for him hitting those numbers. And, you know, Peraza hasn't really wowed anyone excuse me, anyone in any league so far. But for me, the consistency is key. And as long as we can look at him and say, hey, he's already hitting 273. If we can get his strength to where it needs to be and where we want it to be, what does the future hold for a young guy like this? That's what we're looking for. Um, you know, we're not necessarily looking for guys that are hitting 350 with 30 homers. I mean, we are, but, you know, that's just not the case nine times out of 10 with guys like this. So I think Peraza's consistency will land him in the majors over the next few years. And, uh, you know, obviously I keep reiterating size, 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 but that's really what needs to happen here. So hopefully we can see that over the next few years and then uh, Oswald will be up. And he also has an aggressive mentality on the base paths. And with his plus speed, it results in a lot of stolen bases, having 44 throughout his career so far. But 2022 is the target date here for Peraza as long as he remains consistent as he grows. We don't want to see average go down and power go up. We want to see both go up and we want to see him grow and be a great shortstop Um very average shortstop, um, pretty good in the field, but hitting for me is sometimes more important to focus on and, uh, you know, weaknesses like that, like his strength. So coming in at number three, who actually we saw for six games this shortened season, um, David Garcia. Garcia was signed in July of 2015. So Garcia definitely has a promising future for the Yankees rotation. A low to mid-90s fastball and a curveball that has an extremely high spin and depth that is very impressive to watch. He was actually said to have one of the best curveballs in the minors when he was there, of course. And Garcia also deals an average changeup with some decent fade on it. You know, and just watching this guy... Just watching his highlights. I mean, everything looks very smooth. He had a couple bad outings through the six games. I think he had, what, a um, almost a five ERA. Almost a five. Not terrible through six games. Very small sample size. And as we'll see, the same thing with their number two prospect. Very small sample size. But, I, I mean, I see Garcia as definite number three. Could go number two. I'm I'm kind of in between with these two guys right now. But the main thing we're looking at here is the control. So we saw his walk rate double from 2018 to 2019. I think it was about 2.2 through 9 to a 4.4 through 9. 
But this year, through 34 innings for the Yankees, he only walked six batters, which would be 1.6 per nine. So then we see that cut down tremendously. Obviously, like I was saying, small sample size. Only, what, six games, four, six games, yeah. But to me, that's a great sign, especially when you're getting moved up to the highest league. So, obviously, he's trending in the right direction, but we will have to wait and see until next year if that proves to be right. Or, I mean, obviously, it's going to be a little higher, you know, but we're okay with a two- you know, as long as he's not doubling again, if he goes to like an eight through nine, that'd be insane. And we'd really have to uh, question, you know, his ability in the league. So, but if you've never seen him pitch before, he's definitely fun to watch. You know, he's not the biggest guy on the field, 5'9", 163 pounds. Um, some scouts say that his delivery comes with a lot of effort. And it becomes a concern for going deep into the ball games. I mean, I don't necessarily see this through six games. I mean, he averaged five and a half innings per game, but his worst performances, where he gave up six and four runs pretty early on, you know, he pitched four innings and then three innings. So that brought his average down a little bit. He hit seven innings back to back with some quality, great quality starts. So, I mean, I think his athleticism will help his durability and he'll be a dynamic pitcher for years to come. You know, I really like the way this guy throws. I think he has huge potential um, as long as he can keep his control in check. And I was actually watching some highlights against the Blue Jays. You know, um, I can't remember his stat line for that game. It might have been one of his seven innings pitch games, or it might have been his first game. I'm not sure, but I was watching just the strikeout highlights, and I'm not gonna lie, it was a lot of uh, a lot of fastballs, kind of you know over the middle of the plate that guys just kind of swung and missed on. So if you do that too much, it's just not you know it's not gonna happen. You have to get your command down and be able to hit those corners and really throw your breaking balls change up and curveball in, you know, really fool the hitters, which I think he done he has done um, a great deal with so far as well. But he's already up, so uh, I think we'll be seeing him up. I think he'll be a uh, – I think we're looking at probably a number three starter for this guy. Um, that's I'm pretty confident in saying that. So number two, a guy that goes by the name of Clark Schmidt. Now, I'll be honest, I haven't heard too much about Schmidt. I've heard about Gil, I've heard about Garcia, but I really haven't heard too much about Schmidt until really, you know, this these past couple months when I've really dove deep into the prospects and looking at everyone's top prospects. But Schmidt is the elder of the bunch of prospects at 24 years old. He was drafted 16th overall in the 2017 draft. Wow. Like I was saying, a draft pick for the Yankees in the top five prospects, not an internationally signed player. Pretty cool to see. Um, But he was definitely a standout pitcher in college for the Gamecocks. But he did take a step back before the draft in 2017 after having Tommy John surgery. And we know that can have an effect on your draft stock. 
But the Yankees did take a shot on him with that 16th pick there in the first round. And kudos to them. He did bounce back very, very nicely, having a nice minor league career of a 3.39 ERA. So this year, he was um, up at the Yankees for three games. He threw six innings and allowed five runs. He had slight command issues, issuing a 7.1 walks through nine rate um, through three games. So a little bit of a problem there with his command. Um, but I think he'll definitely grow and adjust these numbers. Um, it's obviously an extremely uh, small sample size, so it's hard to gauge how his major league career will play out so far. I think his ERA was, let me take a look real quick. ERA was, let's see, got it up right here, 7.11, 15% walk, 21% K. So, you know, not the greatest stuff from your number two guy who finally gets the call up, but he did have a great minor league career. And I think that he will definitely grow. And, I mean, if like I was saying with Garcia, if you guys haven't watched these guys pitch, if you guys haven't watched the videos on these guys, just go on Twitter and search up Clark Schmid or Garcia or Gil, whoever, and just watch them throw. Watch 50 seconds of someone who put together a couple highlights. Schmidt's stuff is absolutely filthy. There's a lot of hype around this guy from what I've seen. A lot of people are very ecstatic about it. And after watching it, I am too. His slider, really impressed with his slider. Fastballs that range from 92 to 97. He's got a two-seam and a four-seam. Good kick on his two-seam. Depending where you look, though, some might say it's a slider. Some might say it's a curve. But after watching it, I, I'm thinking more of more of a slider. But regardless, the break is disgusting along with his changeup that has a very nice fade to it as well, um, like Garcia. Very, very nice. But, you know, in terms of ceiling and floor, Clark is pretty pretty much like middle of the pack here, like pretty consistent, I would say. You know, with guys like Gil, there's a there's a very high ceiling and a very low floor. Um, you know, there's, a, like I was saying, a lot of possible outcomes. If he can't get his control or his command down, it's going to be a big issue here. And now we did see that with Clark throughout his uh, couple start or a couple games here for the Yankees, but I'm not going to base too much off of that. Um, just getting him uh, some work in up there was what he needed. So I think that he will remain consistent once we get a bigger sample size next year in 2021. And to me, um, looks like he could end up becoming, I think we'll look at probably number four to start. And then I think, possibly number two or three in terms of the rotation um, to come. But also in terms of MLB success, I think Garcia has the better look right now, but I think as the time goes on, we'll definitely see Schmid make the necessary adjustments a little better than Garcia is, will. Uh, and that's why I'm keeping Schmid listed at number two over Garcia. I think the, the ceiling and floor thing is very important to a lot of scouts, a lot of teams. So looking at that, I think that Schmid being where he's at, I think that we can kind of throw away his stats from this past season. Not that it really matters anyway. 
and then focus on going forward. And I think that he's going to have a, a little better of a career than Garcia. That's why I'm keeping him at number two. So finally, the number one prospect in the Yankees system. We all know who it is. The guy that got me hooked on scouting players and looking deeper and getting an idea of what it means to grade someone. The guy that got me excited about baseball cards again. I don't want to talk too much about the cards because I'm going to be going over that in the next episode. But it was insane. All the hype in the world around this 17-year-old phenom who scouts have been raving about for years. Comparing him to baseball legend Bo Jackson, Mickey Mantle, and currently Mike Trout. Jason the Martian Dominguez. That's a heavy load for this guy though. Being compared to the greatest in the game at 17 years old without even stepping on a field in the States and playing a game. Um, I mean, you know, obviously he has played a little bit, but no sample size, really. We're going off scouts, international scouts, grades and, and videos of batting practice. I mean, I'm going to talk about that at the end here, but insane. But obviously, you know, like I said, we don't have too many stats. So let's take a look at the stuff that he offers and the um, tools here that he offers. A switch hitter with above average bat speed and strength. Dominguez plus raw power and loft will leave you speechless. And let's say you never heard of the guy somehow. You were new to baseball or, you know, you don't really pay too much attention to the prospect aspects, which I personally I haven't until now. So I understand. Just go look at this guy's videos. Very important, obviously, when you can't see a guy in person, videos, 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 go look at him. Go type in Twitter, Jason Dominguez, on YouTube, Jason Dominguez, and watch how explosive he is at the plate at only 17 years old. And he can do it from both sides. Both both sides. I mean, it, you know, guys can't even do it from one side, and we got a 17-year-old doing it from both sides. Also, above average speed. Gives him 30-30 potential. 30-30 potential. And his quickness and arm could allow him to play anywhere in the field. So, like I said, we don't have too much on him. And I don't want to give you too much information um, yet. Because we're going to be doing that episode tomorrow. But for now, scouts have him graded. I'll give you the grades real quick. Hit 55. Power 60. Run 65. Arm 60. Field 55 and overall 55. And 55 is a good score. But if we're talking phenom comparing to Bo Jackson, Mike Trout, my concern is why isn't it a little bit higher? I don't know. I mean, I know he's young. Like I was saying, it's a big part. We got to see how he adjusts. He has great athleticism. When we're talking about the car theory here, if you got to pick out of all these prospects, Who's the one guy, let's say instead of a car, you're, 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 you you got to get on a player's back and you, you want him to take you five miles down the street. Let's say you weigh 200 pounds. Are you going to pick a guy like Jason Dominguez or are you going to pick a guy like Mackenzie Gore? You'll probably smack McKen- or snap Mackenzie Gore's back in half. You know what I mean? Like, let's think about that real quick. Jason Dominguez and also I remember seeing – a picture or the video of his batting practice because on his first Bowman card, 
Yeah, I mean, he's a fairly small guy. You know what I mean? Not not crazy small, but definitely a smaller guy. <laughs> when a video came out, video surfaced on Twitter of him taking batting practice in his Yankees uh, dry fit, and he was massive, absolutely massive. So I don't know what what's going on. Obviously, he's young. He's going to keep growing. But this guy sprouted up like crazy and is massive right now. So I'm excited to see how that affects his raw power and his grades going forward. You know, I would be more aggressive for here for a guy like Dominguez. But for now, I'm going to leave the report at that. I'll dive a little bit deeper tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall... If we're looking at the, the Yankees system, I don't want to go too high with them, their farm system. Like I said, many places have them ranked at 21. I'm probably going to be looking more for somewhere like four, 13 or 14. You know, I'm not cracking top 10 yet. When I see Dominguez prove what he's got, I'll crack top 10. You got to think, too, after this year, prospects like Schmidt and Garcia aren't going to be on the list anymore. So you take that into consideration. So we might see, you know, a little bit of a, of a develop um, in the rankings here, but I'm going to keep it at, let's say 14. I'm going up seven spots to 14 and I'm sticking with that. That's my opinion on the Yankees farm system. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I had a lot of fun making this episode. Um, a couple weeks ago, I did the Orioles and I did the Red Sox last week. And just so you guys know the structure of these episodes, I'll be doing the farm system ranking along with top five prospects in the farm system. I'm um, just giving you a quick overview of each player and then the farm system as a whole. And then... I will also be doing a follow-up episode each week for that specific team and we'll be going over their number one prospect on the team and we'll be diving in, giving you a little deeper look and I'll be briefly going over the sport card industry world of that player. I mean, Dominguez is going to be very, very interesting because it, it really took the, the, uh, like I was saying, he got me in the sports cards again. When his first Bowman card came out, it was absolutely insane. Absolute mayhem throughout the industry. Guys dying for these cards. Dying for them. You couldn't get it in stores like the, the boxes of Bowman. Everyone's looking for these cards. I was lucky enough um, to grab a couple. Nothing crazy. I mean, cards like like his, his autograph cards going for thousands of dollars. Um, I was never lucky enough to grab one of them, but hopefully maybe in the future I can if I get lucky, but we'll be talking about stuff like that, and then I'll be going a little deeper, trying to figure out, figure this guy out a little bit. It's going to take a little bit to crack. It's going to take a little bit of research to really, really figure out um, what I think his, uh, his future will hold. But that's it for now. And guys, like I was saying, go give us a follow on Instagram. Stay up to date on the latest episodes on prospects. You know, a lot of great content going out over there. But that's it for today. And I thank you guys again for listening. And I hope you guys all enjoy your night.